You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. So we'll be talking about Depeche Mode, music for the masses. On the line, I have Rob. Hey, buddy. Jackson. Hello. Solange. Hey. And Kyle. Well, hi. Music for the masses is a sixth studio album by the English electronic music band Depeche Mode, released on the 28th of September, 1987 by Mute Records. The producer was Depeche Mode and David Boscombe. And the genre is synth pop and new wave. I'm going to read from all music review Ned Raggett. Initially, the title must have sounded like an incredibly pretentious boast, except that Depeche Mode then went on to do a monstrous world tour, score even more hits in America and elsewhere than ever before, and pick up a large number of name checks from emerging house and techno artists on top of that. As for the music, the masses got this time around. The opening cut, Never Let Me Down, again, started things off wonderfully. A compressed guitar riff, suddenly slamming into a huge-sounding percussion-keyboard-piano combination anchored to a constantly repeated melodic hook, ever-building synth orchestral parts at the song's end, and one of David Kahan's best vocals. It feels huge throughout, like they taped Depeche uh, recorded at the world's largest arena show instead of in a studio. Other key singles, Strange Love and the literal driving behind the wheel, maintain the same blend of power and song skill, while some of the quieter numbers, such as The Things You Said and I Want You Now, showed musical and lyrical intimacy could easily coexist with the big chart busters. All this added up makes Depeche's massive success perfectly clear. All right, what do we think of Depeche Mode, Music for the Masses? Masterpiece. Books is also good. One of my favorite, favorite bands, yeah. Yeah, probably my favorite band. Really? Nice. I was reading, oh, yeah. It's amazing. I was reading so much about how people were like, they didn't know who exactly were Depeche Mode fans. Like, where do they fit in? Because it seems like they come out of the woodwork, but they're not, there's not a bunch of, you know, on t-shirts and, you know, banners flying about Depeche Mode. But obviously. Yeah. Depeche Mode has their so diehard loved, yeah. fans. Yeah. I mean, if you see a car driving around town with a Depeche Mode bumper sticker amongst other bumper stickers, that's my car. Okay. And I always I always have one on my car because I want everyone to know. I want everyone to know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I picked up like all their good CDs. Like I was into them in high school, like I was saying earlier, when Ultra came out. It was like 96. And then like shortly after high school, I went and got like, you know, Black Celebration and Violator and all the good stuff. And the interesting thing about Depeche Mode is, I mean, once you get into this era, um, like I said, I was kind of surprised this is the first 
Depeche Mode record in the book because I think um, Black Celebration should definitely be in here. <sighs> a thing with like 80s synth bands is, you know, a lot of people say they sound dated. You know, I don't think Depeche Mode, I don't think this record sounds dated nope. at all. Oh, I think this, if a, I don't, I don't, yeah. I think if a band came out with this record today, uh, it would be a smash hit. I think that's what's cool about Depeche Mode, though, is they just don't, I don't know about you guys, but I can't think of something that's, like, similar to Depeche Mode. You could say, like, oh, they're, they're, like, gothy, like, there's some parts of them that are, like, gothy, there's some parts of them that are, like, synthy, but, like, I couldn't find a really appropriate amalgamation of, like, something that's, like, so similar, and that's, that's part of why I listen to Depeche Mode so much. Like, they were my band of the decade, according to Spotify, or no, that was Meat Puppets, but anyway, they are high up there every year. But I keep coming back to them because I can't find something that's that's different that isn't Depeche Mode. Instead, I'm just like, well, I haven't listened to this album in a while. I guess I'll just listen to this Depeche Mode album. You, you, oh. know, you know who they remind me of? Who do they remind who? you of, Jackson? The fucking Beatles. Ooh. Really? Their songs I don't are, like so, the Beatles, that's are why. so good. I mean, they're just like so well-written. You know, I don't mean sound-wise, obviously, but they're just like all these yeah, perfect fucking pop songs. Yeah, okay. I hear you, Yeah, I agree with you that. You know, that are just like very easy to listen to yeah um and they have massive massive appeal yeah you're kind of right too because they have a bit more going on though than a typical pop song in every one they have it's a lot more complicated which i think you're is something you're hitting on it's like mass appeal but also different enough not to just be considered trite totally yeah, and these guys were considered a joke. Um, I know. I didn't know they were a boy for band. For a long time. I had no yeah. idea they were originally a boy band. I looked up the early you know, concert and all the footage. I was like, wow, okay. Because I was, uh, Violator it was like my introductory point. And then obviously like working back. And But there they're all serious. Now it's very, you know, uh, dour and, and the, the sort they, of like- they all- music videos are, are more uh, cinematic and more interesting. Mm-hmm. But I would argue that part of that is they grew up and a lot of them, you know, a lot of these songs deal with really difficult subject matter. Like uh, never let me down again is about like Oof. being addicted to heroin. Yeah. Like I, I, th- I think part of it is, you know, you have uh, the Depeche mode that are like essentially children. Cause they're, they're barely older than like my, they're barely older than my sister. They're much younger than my parents. And they basically grew up like in the limelight, if you think about it, from being a boy band to like they're still putting out stuff today and their subject matter changes because of the really difficult personal lives that they've had to leave because of this. I I love this record, obviously, Um, but this I I lump these guys in the same spot that I do uh, orchestral maneuvers in the dark. Like they have that same like feel and it's all hearkening back to the uh the crowd rock stuff like mm-hmm. it's uh sure. it's 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 mm-hmm. more in line with what craft work was doing um and it's the next logical step um and you i mean you you can hear craft work lines like in the uh like the things you said like they're very much there they're there on never let me down as well or um like it's it, it's just like these are the children of that like moving forward and it, it's it's awesome it's yeah. fucking rules yeah yeah um, let's not forget the production to uh david uh Lascombe, who who had done tears for fears songs from the big chair i mean oh, wow. this, that sounds like it 
Yeah. Sure sounds like it, yeah. This sound is is monstrous and yeah. just Huge. like that was yeah. just like show oh, yeah. was this this no, really yeah. puts it in perspective. Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of rock from this time that tried to incorporate um keyboards. I'm going to talk about uh Pink Floyd, their 87 record um Momentary Lapse of Reason. It sounds thin as hell if you listen to it now. If you go back and listen to the 1987 master, like they threw all kinds of money at it, but for some reason it sounds super thin. This sounds huge. It sounds yeah. big. This sounds polished. This sounds atmospheric. It sounds I mean, timeless. We're, yeah. We're listening to Strange Love right now. And like the second you say that, it's like shout. Like that's what I think of with the first opening lines of like this song, where it's mm-hmm. like goes into that ba 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 Like it's it is so in the the arena thing where it's like it sounds like it's being like recorded at the best concert of like all time like that's how like when you open with never let me get down again it's like this album just like hypes my shit up i'm like ready to like i don't like saying this but it makes me want to punch a wall i love it so much <laughs> that's how music anyone be. check out the smashing pumpkins cover of this song no, of, no. Uh, i mean never let me <laughs> I'm down good, thank you it's no. not bad did no, it you. let you down <laughs> no it's fine it's think he likes it i'll check it out i'll check it out for you kyle i'll check it out for you uh kyle you're mentioning black celebration you're kind of lamenting that it wasn't in the book right but yeah do you guys dig on that record i know probably so long as you do but um yeah i I do i had read sort of why this one might be uh in here and that one not it said that the use of sampling was drastically reduced so instead of them you know recording like hammers hitting pipes and and different interests interesting soundscapes they it, they kind of minimalized it right it was a little less experimental uh and they went harder with sort of the synth um use of guitar and drums so did you guys see where uh the first track never let me down where they got the, the bass drum and snare sound from no sampled no. it from led zeppelin <laughs> really there was a drum machine a- that had bonham hits on it i think i wonder if that is related to it Mm. Um, yeah, some of my favorite Depeche Mode. It's Little Fifteen. What did you guys? I like that, one. that song. Yeah, it's a goofy I love like ballad. Song. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. It's a nice. Uh, it's it's very different. It, it made me think about the chauffeur. Sure. Ooh. Um, made me think about the Beatles. To be honest, but it, it's a very that. strange and wonderful sort of a. Interlude. They have these like very cool little things that they do throughout the album, which keep your attention and mm-hmm. always provide something new. Yeah. I don't know uh, if I would go the what is the last song? It's like Pimp Pimp or something yeah. like that. Yeah. That one's a little. Uh, I don't know. I, I did find it was interesting because I was listening. Was anybody else listening with headphones? And Absolutely. I'd forgotten that it like sounds like someone's just walking behind you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, throughout it's so it. creepy. It's a little weird. Yeah. I would, I would. If, what you say about they put little things throughout, it makes me think of like why this is in the book and not like, for example, Black Celebration. And I feel like this album is a really good indicator of like their transitional period between like what they were doing with style. They kind of oscillate between like synth and like goth almost. And I feel like this is a really good like middle ground between like the heaviness of like Violator, which to me is like a, it's their masterpiece. It's not my favorite, but it's okay. their masterpiece. All right. And um, it's it's the heaviness of like Violator between like kind of the danceitude of Construction Time Again or like elements of Black Celebration. And I think this is a really cool look at 
the middle part of like what would be their early career since they make so many more albums after this, you know, like when I think of later Depeche Mode, I'm still like, oh, ultra and exciter, but there's so much more besides that. Playing the angel. They're prolific, you know, They they have a career. This was the first one too, without the direct input of producer Daniel Miller, um, who had worked on all five of their previous albums. So, I think that did it, though. I mean, I think sometimes you just need a different producer, you need a different perspective for something like this. And I think at this point, still, it's it's um, Martin Gore writing all the lyrics, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of like Neil Peart and Rush. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of a weird surprise to, to learn. Actually, all of the songs were written by Martin Gore, except there's like there's like one or two. But yeah, he pretty much wrote all of the songs. Yeah. I mean, lyrically, if I didn't clear that up. He's prolific. I spent most of my life only listening to uh, like Exciter because that's like the only album my mom owned by Depeche Mode. So oh, I, didn't cool. realize that, I didn't realize that's like, like Dream On is like not what they really sound like. And I thought it was still a cool album. And then I heard just can't get enough. And I was like, whoa, this, this rules too. And like, that's kind of the Depeche mode of my life until I got to personal Jesus. And it was like, it was like, you ever like have the moment where you're like, oh my God, this is what a song sounds like, like in equilibrium when he hears Vivaldi or whatever for the first time and he like cries. It's like, that's what it was like when I heard personal Jesus, I was like, I was like, what the, I was like, Depeche mode sounds like a band could sound like this. And it was so amazing. And then I just like, after that, it was, it was done for, I had to have more. It was so Since we uh, covered a Rick Rubin album last time, what did you think of Johnny Cash's Rick Rubin produced version of personal Jesus? I like that song. I, that's a, see, that's a good cover. Not like born to be wild, (laughs) which is, a dark-sided bad, cover. A bad cover. That's a dark-sided cover. cover. I don't like that cover. <laughs> I wish to never think of it again. But this, that right. cover is—it's a good cover. It is a good it's cover. Acceptable. To uh, is that on Violator? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. All right. Cool. Then we get to talk about that yep. uh, later on. That, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. yeah Listening to this do. record again, um, critically for for this episode, I started thinking about how much it must have influenced Pretty Hate Machine. I am like, oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Dude, that's Depeche 1989, totally you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, this huge. I had read that a lot of people consider they created house music or essentially were the you know kind of forefathers of house laid music. down blueprints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, oh, I take yeah. it back. I, that that is one thing that reminds me of Depeche Mode is Pretty Hate Machine, but just For only sure. that yeah. one album. Like oh, Sin no. could be a Depeche Mode song. I'm sorry. I thought house music had more to do with like nine chords and 11 chord stabs. And I don't hear any of that in this. There, I, I I don't hear any of the voguing like. Well, uh, the earlier stuff has that more of that, I I believe. Okay. 
Well, maybe I need to go back more more elements of it. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever heard Construction Time again, like that's my favorite Depeche Mode album, and that's not in the book. Yeah, I know that's a hot that's a hot take. It's a it is is the and that's a very like synth like that's like I would call that a dance album. You know, it's got one of the more famous tracks on that is Everything Counts, which is which is a really neat song. But to me, that's more of like a techno album. You know, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even really call it like a synth pop album. It's like half and half almost. It's very like forward if the electronica. Okay, but Solange, uh, you'll probably agree with this. Um, the live version of Everything Counts was a watershed moment for synth bands performing live. Oh, yeah. I don't know if, don't know if you've ever checked out the live yeah. version of that. That's where like the crowd keeps singing after they finish performing. It's, yeah. It's a whole I moment. Mean, but- all of Depeche Mode's live shit is like so amazing. Like they're yes. just so like, man, I, I like, I like Dave, Dave Gahan a lot. Like, I mean, I think he's a really talented singer, but Martin Gore is doing the heavy lifting yeah. all the time. He's like Depeche he Mode. is, yeah. yeah, he is Depeche Mode and Dave is just like the pretty boy. <laughs> I mean, no offense, but he, he is. Yeah. Uh, I had read that in this album, they showcased a love of minimalism uh, including they were listening to such artists as Philip Glass. Uh, Dave Gahan had become a father at the, for the first time during this. So the creation of this album was a three-step process. Gore would write the basic song structure. Uh, Wilder would then arrange the music, and the full band would add the final flourishes in the recording studio. The end product was tougher but richer sounding. Uh, they said it was electronic metal. Huh. Yeah, I don't like that. Definitely, I mean, definitely something to note is this sort of, you know, almost orchestral atmospheric kind of backdrop to a lot of these songs. Is this behind the wheel that we're listening to now? This is little, little 15. 15. Little 15. Oh, it's little 15. Yep. Yeah, this and yeah, there's this sort of dark orchestral vibe vibe going on. It's full mm-hmm. of which, menace and melancholy. Yes. So which at the time, I mean, you know, thinking about their career before this had to have yeah. been you know they're definitely you can sort of see them kind of turning to the dark side absolutely the, jackson this, this is, album this is a breakthrough song i have to send you guys this meme uh that's like it's literally a depeche mode meme and it's like them as the boy band and then like the other side is like them and all their bondage shit and it's like you it's like you normal you at goth night <laughs> i'll have to send it to you guys because that's exactly what i so think good of with this album yeah so good and it, here's here's some more parallels too to the beatles total kind of you know boy band setup they're you know they're boyish as as well you know they they were at this time you know and dave continued to stay boyish or, or yeah for, for, for sure um, but yeah, just these these songs are so much more complicated, and there's there's more going on in them than you would than you would think. But but it's digestible enough for like you know for them to be a huge motherfucking band, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't really like the Beatles, but your parallels to the Beatles is so apt because of how accessible they are when their songs really deal with heavy stuff. I mean, Strange Love is a song about bondage, and like Master and Servant is also a song about bondage. I mean, they have a lot of songs that are about like deep. Oh, you don't agree with me, Kyle? It's okay if you don't. No, I think those are a little on the nose. (laughs) Really? I mean, come on. (laughs) Come on. It's a lot like that. Come on, let's play Master and Serpent. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a little. Perhaps. But anyway. About dining out. But but your, your description is so apt, Jackson, because like, 
they they sell out arenas like it's it's huge crowds come to see them and it's so crazy how accessible a band like this is and i feel like a lot of people um at least in my cohort like unless you're like a goth kid like they're kind of forgotten now like pe- there's people that are like above a certain age that like really so get sad. into depeche mode i know but like man people kind of make fun of me for it they're all like oh you listen to depeche mode again i'm oh, like well. Don't listen like, to why that. Why you listen yeah. to a good? I'm like, why don't you listen to a good band? Why? Why don't? Why do you hang out with people that would possibly <laughs> judge you on Depeche Mode? I mean, I don't hang out with people like I don't hang out with people like that. Why don't you get off those message boards? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did want to bring up the music videos for this album. I mean, there's they're quite good. Um, no, they're, they're real impressive. Very oh, yeah. like art focused. And they all have a theme, the theme of the sort of like, uh, was it the sort of loudspeaker that runs yeah, through yeah. throughout all of them? Oh, they, yeah. they all kind of feel like a uh, Italian, like surrealist uh, film or something. Like they're a lot of black and white, a lot of them like posing. And it, it it's really cool. It was, it was nice to revisit this week. It, it just goes really well with the album. Yeah, Never Let Me it, Down Again, the, the, the music video for it where mm-hmm. it's like... Uh, Dave Gahan and like a guy next to him at a bar and it starts up and he just goes, I'm, and he looks down and the other guy sings the rest of it. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. The director for uh, a lot of those were, uh, it was Anton Corbin. Anton Corbin. Yeah. Yeah. Who had done a lot of things. He's done U2, um, Brian Adams, Nirvana. All sorts tons of, stuff. of videos. Yeah. But he, yeah, he was a, a, a main he, he, they said that they owed a lot to him for, you know, having the vision that they that went along with their music and, and kind of pushed them to the next level. Because obviously at this time, it's it's all about MTV. It's all about the music videos to yep. to get you to the next next level of, of fame. This song is dark. Yeah, it is. Behind the wheel. Behind the yes. wheel. It Did you say this out- is what reminds you of the chauffeur? Birch, uh, sure, yeah, yeah, this one and uh, Little 15, both little of 15. Them. and Little 15, both yeah. of them do, yeah, I can see that behind the wheel, it's dark opens, wave, baby, yeah, little yeah. Uh, behind the wheel opens uh, that the synth line sounds like uh, Tiffany's uh, cover of I Think We're Alone Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, oh, but it's man. like you're being strapped get, get... into this like ride into hell, like, yeah. absolutely. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. This, yeah, yeah. This, I'm totally this, down for that. This this week's homework has made me really wish that we still had dueling goth nights and that I could go to goth night twice a month if I wanted Damn. to. And, I remember the I before times. Yeah. I, the goth nights stopped being a thing before the plague occurred. I and it's very rare, but there's very rarely a goth night at, at Art Sanctuary. But man, listen to all this Depeche Mode and, and everything. I'm like, ugh. Where's my cape? I'm Hell fucking yeah. ready. So long oh, yeah. Wait, we saw Sisters of Mercy as the cure. <laughs> you might have that. I used I to go to that goth night a lot, Jackson. Yeah. That's probably where you met me. Yeah, yeah. that sounds about right. Uh, mm-hmm. It's par for the course for me. Uh, so I'm, I miss those nights.
did anyone look up uh, Christ gas take on this? I, I would I would love to uh, enlighten. I assume that you, you would, so I, nah, I didn't right. look at it. Cool. Uh, when Vince Clark departed Yazword in 1982, Fashion in a Hurry's commercial doom was presumed sealed. Whereupon Martin Gore went ahead and proved how easy it is to write ditties once you're in a position to exploit them. Yeah, it's not as if anybody can, but at this point in Pop's progressive, or in, at this point in Pop's progress, potential supply for exceeds potential demand. Yeah, only rarely in the pr- in the production process altogether mechanical. Gore can't create without venting his shallow morbidity which happens to mesh with a historically inevitable strain of adolescent angst. And he takes himself seriously enough to have burdens have burdened albums with concept and such this time. However, the title announces his determination to give it up to his even shallower singer, David Gahan, who like Gore's who likes Gore's message because it's a good way to impress girls. Dark themes combined with light tunes until the very end of side two. Anybody with an interest in adolescent angst, adolescents included, can sob or giggle along as the case may be. B plus. Christ, what you? an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Who hurt you, Christ gal? Yeah, what's your, what's your show me problem? where the Batman, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, you, Fuck you, dude. I'm telling you, it's the shoulder pads. <laughs> as an adolescent, I'm offended. <laughs> what a fucking dork total fucking dork dude what a wiener complete yeah whatever. Oh, he's like a loser i'm trying to add more insults but ladies and gentlemen we have a wiener <laughs> <laughs> yeah whatever a thousand thumbs up i am oh, yeah. I'm pleased to live on a planet where i can listen to this album yeah mm-hmm. this was a really good album this week um I don't know. I, I don't know if I was like looking forward to Depeche Mode, but for some reason it really clicked. It was just I was. Oh, I was. I was. I it was. was. Um, so good. I've, I, I think I said this before. It's almost like it's harder to talk about an album that you like unequivocally love. Like yeah. it was the worst. Easy to talk, it's easy to talk about an album you hate or are neutral to because you're like, oh, this is why. Da, 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 da. But man, when I get to something like Depeche Mode, it's like, yeah, I could talk about Depeche Mode all day, but Same. I, you know, I couldn't just go on about why I love them. It's like I could just talk about them, you know? And they never got huh? bad either. I was gonna say, tell me your least favorite song then on this album. On this album? Yeah. Probably this one. Probably I want you now. This is this is not my favorite one. No, it's not my favorite. <laughs> Anybody look up what the uh, Russian uh, outro is? No. Excuse me? Yeah, the, the, like outro, the, the outro of I Want You Now uh, is a uh, Russian line repeated over and over. And the line translated into English is the report examines the evolution of nuclear arsenals and the socio socio-psychological problems of the arms race. Repeated, the report examines the evolution of nuclear arsenals and the socio-psychological problems of the arms race. Wow. That's That that tracks because they have a protest song about that kind of stuff on Construction Time again. Like, And Martin Gore on his solo album also has a protest song about that kind of stuff. So, Is that tracks. record any good? So long? It's, o- it's, it's okay. It's what okay. year is it? it- what era? Uh, I think it's like 1991. It's, it's it's around Violator. It's okay. It's not. I think you wouldn't die if you didn't listen to it. I wouldn't put it in this book. Depeche Mode fans, you're gonna know this. Uh, what's 
Gahan's uh, nickname. Quiz. I'm not a fan like that. I'm not a nerd, first of all. His nickname? <laughs> yeah, what's his nickname? I think I actually read this while I was reading about the album, but I forget what it was. The Cat. Because he has... M- He's uh, recovered from heroin overdoses so many times. Yeah. Oh, he had, yeah. He had nine, nine lives. lives. Nine lives. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I, I would have guessed Discipline Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Martin Gore wrote the songs. He's the one getting choked out by his girlfriend. I'm sorry, Solange. Yeah, get it right. I apologize. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> he said uh, in, in 1996, he actually overdosed on a speedball at a... Uh, Sunset Marquee Hotel in Los Angeles was, which resulted in his heart stopping for two minutes until he was revived by par- paramedics. He said that he had an out of body experience. "Quote: All I saw and all I felt at first was complete darkness." Sounds like that he was looking down awesome. the barrel of a gun. Oh, we're not, we're not, we're not there hotel. Yet. I think a lot of people have OD'd there. My first recollection of knowing who they were would have been. It was on MTV News because it was one of the times that he OD'd or tried to kill himself, you know, and... Yeah, yeah he uh, attempted suicide in 1995 by slashing yeah. his wrists. Yeah. And I, there was just kind of, He was in the news a lot because he was, you know, yeah. a mess at that, at, at, at that point. And that's how I knew who they... That's how I first knew who they were. And definitely knowing personal Jesus, you know, from being such a huge hit. So I'm very pleased to go back and listen to listen to this stuff i'm probably gonna i'm probably gonna be going down a rabbit hole yeah yeah Um, go down that hole man there's some good shit i'll holler at you guys great yeah there's only a matter of time before you have your own depeche mode playlist and then you're on a road trip and you're like i gotta get hyped time for depeche fucking depeche mode so goddamn good (laughs) yeah i know i know it's the shit I remember Ryan Paulson and, and Mary, they got that like, I don't know, like 10 years ago, I think they did this big album of remixes. It was like six discs. Linkin Park did a Depeche Mode remix. It wasn't bad, actually. Ugh. It wasn't bad. <laughs> Rob's face. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love yeah. this. I love it. It's, it's great. good shit. We love yeah. it. Sounds if like you don't like this record, you're a butthole. Yeah, okay. yeah you <laughs> yeah, are. That's true. That's true. Yeah, especially if your name starts and ends with Robert Christgau. <laughs> All right. Next time we'll be talking about Sisters of Mercy, Floodland. All right. Thanks. Oh,